Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And now for our weekly visit with our good friend and host, Dr. Watson. Yeah? Oh, no. Hey, I remember you. Uh, yes. We met last year. Yeah! I just discovered that cafe with that old-timey espresso machine. Oh, I was so hyped up on caffeine. If Red Bull gives you wings, that stuff gave me a jetpack. Back house-sitting again for Dr. Watson? Yep, and dog-sitting. Oh, oh dear. Hello, doggies. <laughs> you want to come in? No, no, I don't want to bother you. Oh, oh my, you do slobber a lot, don't you? Come on, this time Dr. Watson prepared me for your visit. Still, maybe it's best if I wait until Dr. Watson returns. Oh, nice, nice doggies. <laughs> Have you fed them recently? Dr. Watson wrote down what I should say to start off the story. Come on, sit down. Well, all right. Oh, you missed your opening. Once the dogs are on the sofa, they will not budge. They're kind of territorial. They miss Dr. Watson and are being super protective of his stuff. The first two nights I had to sleep in a chair. Standing is fine. Okay, let me read this then. Dr. Watson said it's a recipe for the latest Sherlock Holmes adventure. Hang on, I've been practicing. It's better if you don't make eye contact with them. Okay, take equal parts of beautiful English countryside and black villainy. Mix. Then add a dash of romance, a sprinkling of danger, season well with the usual theatrical condiments, and you have the case of the accidental murderess. Well, that sounds like a tasty dish. Does it? Because cooking analogies are totes lost on me. The only recipes I ever follow usually say, remove film before putting in microwave. It was very nice. I said it was nice. They've got very strong opinions. Don't take them seriously. Remember, they drink out of the toilet. So, the, um, story? Right, yeah. So, Sherlock needed a break, you know? He wanted to go to Stratford-upon-Avon. I thought that sounded like fun, but disappointment. That isn't where they make the lipstick. It's the, uh, the home of Shakespeare. Sure, you're boring. You've heard of it. So, Sherlock wanted to go to a Shakespeare festival there. I thought, why not? I hadn't been to one in forever. Oh, you're a fan of the theater? I'm a fan of men in tights. And explain to me this. Why are men in Shakespeare always made fun of for wearing tights, but, like, Superman does it and he's all badass? I couldn't say. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have some place to be? Am I cutting into your licking your own butt hour? 
Shut up! Please don't antagonize them. Anyway, Sherlock and I were taking a walk through a nearby forest when it all started. Ah, Madison, for once, I wish I were a man of wealth. So you could afford a better hat? My dear girl, I am quite pleased by my choice of haberdashery. Sorry, but that hat is going to haunt your character for decades. Like joke level, maximum. Perhaps you are too quickly forgetting the amused glances you yourself have been drawing for the last week. You said we were going to a Shakespeare festival. And this prompted you to dress in an elaborate Elizabethan gown. I thought it was the same thing as Renfair. And I always cosplay... Lady indiscretion, when I attend the Royal Festival. You have been formally requested by the festival committee not to speak in that accent. I'm just trying to have a little fun. First you bring me to all those Shakespeare plays with no transcripts. Not very inclusive of people who don't speak Old English. A point you made abundantly clear during Hamlet's every soliloquy. Then we go see Anne Hathaway's house, and instead of getting my guilty pleasure Princess Diaries fix, I find out it's just the house of some old dead woman. Shakespeare's wife? Yes. Snore. And now you're dragging me through this forest on some sort of death march. I'm sweaty, my feet hurt, and this corset is really restricting my breathing. You had ample opportunity to change out of that gown. But my boobs look great in this bodice. Oh dear me, wait a minute. Our path seems to end here. Nothing but dense trees ahead of us. Then we can go back! There's another path over there. I think it leads down to the river. Good. Then I can recreate Act 4, Scene 7, where Ophelia drowns. Well, and here I thought, with all that snoring coming from your seat, that you hadn't been paying attention. (gasps) The redneck locals are shooting at us! They don't want city slickers in their woods! Madison! What are you doing lying down? You want to end up like Ned Beatty? I think the bullet hit my shoulder. Oh, God, you're bleeding. Wait, this isn't like the last time we hung out when you pretended to be bleeding, is it? That brilliant plan of yours with fake blood that you didn't tell me about? I assure you, my bleeding is in earnest. So someone's out there shooting at us? Fortunately, the bullet seems to have only grazed my shoulder. Let's find out where it was fired from. I'd rather go somewhere out of firing range, like our hotel. I heard the bullet hit the tree behind me. Yes, here we are. Do you have something I could use to dig it out with? Uh, not unless you can use tampons. I'll just try this sharp rock. Do you think whoever's out there shot at you on purpose? Well, I can't imagine someone mistake me for a rabbit. And by the way, there was a curious echo to the shot. I don't know whether you notice it. I was a little preoccupied at ducking for cover. Aha! Uh-huh. Here's the bullet. Now, let me see. I was standing there. The line from this bullet hole in the tree to the spot where I was standing would indicate that the shot was fired from that cluster of trees over there. Come on, Madison. Let's see what a search discloses. Um, you sure you don't want to see a doctor? You're still bleeding. Like, a lot. Superficial. It was merely a scratch. Now, if we head over to the... Ow! What did you just abruptly affix to my shoulder? Maxi pad. It's an overnight one, so it should absorb the bleeding. Thank you. Uh, hello. Look over there. A man and a woman running towards us across the clearing. <gasps> With guns! Let's get out of here before we're killed by the clampets. Was anyone hurt? 
Yeah, and we're both armed, so don't come any closer. It's only a scratch, I assure you. Oh, how dreadful. Look at the blood on your coat. Put those guns down or we'll shoot. Pardon me? You'll have to excuse my companion here. She is American and has a tendency to spontaneously perform scenes from the Wild West. In an Elizabethan gown? I'm genre fluid. Are you certain you're all right, sir? In so far, yes. Just how did this accident come to happen? We were out rabbit shooting. You're out here killing innocent rabbits? Is it to go with your possum stew? I... I was teaching my wife to use a rifle. Yes, and I saw a rabbit scurry across the clearing. I raised the rifle and fired. It seems to me, Jeffrey, that as I did so, you jolted my arm. I'm afraid I did, Alice. I was going to fire too, but as I raised my rifle, I jolted your elbow and sent your shot wild. I'm telling you, these rednecks have no sense of gun safety. They're constantly shooting off their own toes. I can't tell you how sorry I am, sir. Here's my card. Of course, we'll take care of any medical expenses. Medical expenses? I thought England had universal health care. May I help you remove your coat to see the wound? I... I don't think I can... He's badly hurt. No, it's just that... (laughs) Oh, the man's fainted. This is dreadful. I have a horse and trap down the road. We can... You're shooting rabbits and trapping horses? It's, it's a, it's a carriage. Hurry, Jeffrey. We must get him to a hospital. You'll come with us, of course. Well, it beats walking back. But if I hear a single banjo, I'm out of here. Sherlock, you feeling any better? Because you look like crap. Has the nurse gone? Yeah, I think she's getting the doctor. And the, the man and his wife? They're in the waiting room found out their last name is Markham, and they're actually like rich, posh people. Not backwoods trailer trash. Then we're alone? You want to be alone with me? Is it the bodice? Okay, but I really think you should wait until you're feeling better. Last time I did it in a hospital bed, I opened the guy's stitches. Infection, nearly lost a limb, blah blah blah. Uh, no, my dear. Since we are alone, I can stop behaving as if I were a dead store. <gasps> you faked an injury again? <laughs> yes, yes, I did, Madison. Dick! Ow! But hold your punches. My shoulder is confoundedly painful, I assure you. Good. So then why did you pretend to faint? I recognized this Mrs. Markham, and I think she recognized me. It's important she assume I'm out of action for a while. Why? (gasps) Did you hit and ditch? Ghosted her after? Dick! Ow, no! Nothing of the sort. I just happen to have the knowledge that Mrs. Markham is in reality the notorious Mrs. Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield's wife? Mrs. Dangerfield was tried for the murder of her husband by poisoning. She was acquitted when the jury decided that he was a habitual arsenic addict who merely happened to take an accidental overdose. Arsenic addict? Maybe that's why he never got any respect. I was involved in the case. I tracked down the sale of the arsenic she claimed to have bought for cosmetic purposes. I'd usually use this as an opportunity to go off on how stupid old-timey people were for using something like arsenic in makeup, but I've had Botox, so we'll just let that one go. Therefore, naturally, my conclusion is that that shot was no accident. I'm certain that I was recognized. It's the hat, I'm telling you. 
and unfortunately her record is a bad one. Prior to her husband's death, there was an episode in which her uncle was killed in a shooting accident. An uncle who left her a large fortune on his death. And she was there when the accident happened? <laughs> yes, she is something of a femme fatale. Madison, I must plan my actions very cautiously. I'm up against a dangerous opponent. Well, you gotta stay in the hospital anyway. You haven't even been seen by the doctor yet. I don't know what your emergency rooms in 1800s England are like, but I waited six hours to be seen at the ER in L.A. Apparently, spraining your ankle in stilettos takes a backseat to every gunshot wound and car accident in Los Angeles. While the local staff are seeing to my injury, I want you to shadow the Markhams. Ooh, I get to be a detective and gather information? What disguise should I wear? No disguises. They already know you as Madison Standish. You need to befriend them further so you may stick close to them. Make them believe I'm going to be kept here for several days. Find out as much as you can and then report to me. But you always wear disguises. How about you try and disguise your lack of breeding manners and intellect? Ow! And you can try and disguise your pain. Mrs. Markham, it's super nice of you to invite me over to your house for lunch. My dear Miss Standish, after injuring the famous Mr. Holmes, it's the least I could do. Of course it is. Wait, you guys don't think having me over for lunch makes you even for shooting Sherlock, do you? Well, no. Because he could still sue your ass. I'd hardly expect it to come to that. Let's start by seeing what's on the menu. I assume you have a vegan option? I'd like to check with the cook. Jeffrey, dear, perhaps you could inquire and bring us some sherry. It's the maid's day off, you know. Very well, Alice. Is anyone else coming to lunch? Only Dennis Rodney. Dennis Rodney? Rodney? Dangerfield! <gasps> Sherlock was right! Dennis? Oh, Lord. That fellow seems to live here. Well, I'll go speak to the cook and get the sherry. Uh, sit down, won't you, Miss Standish? Thanks, but with this hoop skirt, it's easier if I stand. You're, um, wearing that gown for the Shakespeare Festival, you say? Yeah, but I'm kinda over it. It's like wearing your clubbing dress home the next morning. I don't feel pretty anymore, I just want to put on yoga pants. You, uh, you say that you think Mr. Holmes will be in the hospital for some days? Yeah, he bled like a virgin on a heavy day. Oh, my goodness. Well, I feel perfectly dreadful about it. Not your fault. It was an accident. Right? Yes, but I might so easily have killed him. Well, hard to kill off the leads on their own show. Unless there's contract disputes. So, who's this Dennis Rodney guy? He's an actor from the Memorial Theatre. Perhaps you've seen him on the stage? Ah, uh, yeah. Sherlock's been dragging me to a different Shakespeare show every night. I have no idea what anybody is saying. It's like watching a telenovela. You gotta guess the plot by who they're sleeping with or stabbing. Oh, you'd have no trouble understanding Dennis. He's a fine actor. It's just a shame that they give him such poor parts. They say there are no small parts, only small actors. But those people have never been a movie extra. The part is not only small, but you're basically set-dressing that breeze. I'm still flabbergasted by them letting that frightful Basil Grant play Hamlet last night, when Dennis only played Laertes. Dennis is three times the better actor. Uh-oh. Danger, Will Robinson. I beg your pardon? You've got the hots for Dennis. 
and not hiding it very well, sweetie. What? No. He's coaching me and acting, that's all. Yeah, uh-huh. I can recognize the signs, girl. My sister had the hots for my boyfriend and was all flirty and stuff with him until I shaved half her head while she was sleeping. Only the goths would hang out with her after that. <laughs> I assure you, it's nothing like that. Dennis thinks that I might be able to get small parts here next season. Okay, we'll go with that for now. But I've been watching the show Cheaters for like two decades and have been both the cheated on and the cheater. I know that of which I speak. Oh, here's Jeffrey. This sherry is rather special, Miss Standish. Only a few bottles left in the world. I've been getting into that wine in a can. It's great because you could put a koozie on it and everyone just thinks it's soda. You can drink openly at the beach, on public transportation, at Six Flags. Oh, but I don't recommend the roller coasters after having four of them. I think three is the limit before pukage. That must be Dennis. I'll go let him in. <sighs> we might as well have a drink, Miss Standish. You'll find it'll help make this actor fellow more tolerable. I find drinking makes everything more tolerable. Except roller coasters. Well, Dennis endlessly reciting Shakespeare can certainly put a strain on your nerves. Yeah, I had a boyfriend who constantly quoted Monty Python. He didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition or me breaking up with him at his birthday party. Dennis has Alice completely fooled. If by fooled you mean horny. Dennis, I want to introduce you to Miss Standish. Oh, hey. Okay, girl, I see the appeal. He's not Ryan Reynolds' People magazine Sexiest Man Alive circa 2010, but I bet he could pull off the Green Lantern. I think Ryan and Tights would have saved that movie. How do you do? I do it with no complaints. Hello, Jeffrey. Do you want a glass of sherry? Thanks. That'll be very nice. That's a very fine gown, Miss Standish. It rivals that of our Cordelia. Cordelia? Like from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? King Lear, in which I shall perform tonight. Here's your sherry, Dennis. Don't be frosty, Jeffrey. And please remember that Dennis is our guest. Oh, it's all right, Alice. I know that Jeffrey's bark is a good deal worse than his bite. No one has ever said that about a chihuahua. Those little suckers can latch onto you like a barnacle to a boat. I'd invite you to my performance tonight, Miss Standish, but I shall once again portray the thankless role of the King of France while that incredibly bad actor Basil Grant butchers Lear. I thought his Hamlet was atrocious last night, Dennis. Oh, indeed it was. Oh, horrible. Horrible. Most horrible. We are the knights who say, me. When Basil came to his final line, the rest is silence. It was as much as I could do to prevent myself from cheering. I felt rather the same way when you were killed in a duel, Dennis. Ooh, feel that burn. Oh, Jeffrey, you're being intolerably rude. I thought it was funny. Why don't you take Miss Standish upstairs and show her your butterfly collection? Then at least you'll know what you're talking about. Are you interested in butterflies, Miss Standish? I have quite a rare collection. <gasps> OMG! You've got one of those butterfly pavilions in your house? <gasps> That's my dream fairy bedroom. Come on, then. We've got time before lunch. Try to bring yourself down with a few better manners, Jeffrey, dear. <sighs> I'm really quite an easygoing man, Miss Standish. 
But the arrogance of that fellow Rodney just infuriates me. Yeah, it's always a bummer when a hot guy turns out to be a total douche. It's like biting into a chocolate chip cookie, only to discover the chocolate chips are actually raisins. Don't put too much weight on that balcony rail. It's absolutely full of wormholes. Part of the attraction of an old house, my wife tells me. That's the excuse my landlord used for why he wouldn't replace the original 70s shag carpeting. By the time I lived there, the shag was so worn, it looked like a hippie with a receding hairline. Well, I'll tell you, I regard it as confoundedly dangerous. Hey, I lost many an earring in that shag carpet, only to find them again when I was barefoot. This is my little museum. In these cases, I think you'll find some of the finest specimens of Lepidoptera that you've ever seen. (gasps) The butterflies are all dead! It's my hobby, and I may say that with the exception of the Natural History Museum, I doubt if you'll find a finer collection. Ugh! You kill rabbits, trap horses, and slaughter butterflies. These are quite normal pursuits, I assure you. Inflicting pain on creatures smaller than yourself is the hobby of a serial killer. Do you have a basement full of dead prostitutes? There is a great deal of care that goes into killing my butterflies. I must preserve them in pristine condition. Yeah, and how do you do that, Hannibal Lecter? With poison. Oh, like arsenic? Cyanide. Not arsenic? Like you wouldn't happen to have any arsenic around for maybe your wife's beauty products? You heard me say cyanide. Why do you keep talking of arsenic? Are you trying to hint at something? Am I seriously being too subtle? Because usually I'm more obvious than stretch pants on a Walmart chopper. Hmm, there's the luncheon gong. Let's go downstairs. You're pissed now. No, no. I apologize. My nerves are a little bit on edge today. It must have been that accident with your friend that upset me. I really must get that balcony rail mended. Shh, shh. What? My wife and young Rodney. They're going into lunch. Listen. But darling, why won't he understand? (laughs) Oh, Dennis. Jeffrey has no imagination. He's never understood me. Well, they say listeners never hear good of themselves. You know, sometimes I wonder if my wife wouldn't like me out of the way. That almost happened to me when the other girls tried to get me kicked off the cheerleading squad. Thankfully, the head coach had a crush on me. She was the only woman I ever knew who looked good in men's shorts. That's pretty much the episode recap. A very interesting story, Madison. And so you think that Mrs. Markham is planning to kill her husband? Well, she's totes in love with the actor douche and is way over her husband. And if she's anything like the girls on my cheerleading squad, she'll drop him on his head during the human pyramid. Human pyramid? Well, in this case, push him through that crappy old banister. And without one of those blue gym mats, he won't walk away with just bruised knees and a fistful of Amber Nelson's hair. Mr. Markham became very evasive, you say, when you mentioned arsenic. Oh, yeah. I remembered what you said about Mrs. Dangerfield, so I purposely mentioned it. I think he knows and was covering up for her. Which, honestly, is very sweet. Like, if the guy isn't the type to help you bury a body, why are you even with him? You've exerted your charm sufficiently enough to obtain an invitation to visit the Markhams again, I trust. Yeah, I'm going back this afternoon. Some sort of picnic with tea and boating? As long as it's not a six-pack and an outboard. Two missing frat boys and a night in a Florida jail cell. Huh. Still not my worst spring break. 
You've done splendidly, Madison, splendidly. Thanks. I figured I needed to come back here and tell you everything. And now I can change out of this gown. I'm starting to smell like someone from the Renaissance. Well, I am quite impressed. The next time Watson is otherwise engaged, I may have to call upon you again. As long as you stop with the phony injuries. You're like a soccer player faking a foul. Next time, I'll kick you in the shins. With cleats. Fair enough. So, uh, how are you doing, anyway? I'm fine, but the house surgeon did discover a very interesting fact. Oh, no! Oh, wait till the tests come back. It's not always cancer. My dear girl, it has nothing to do with cancer. I am fit as a fiddle. Could be lung cancer. You do smoke that pipe a lot. Look in the trawl beside my bed, will you? Ew! Are those toenail clippers? Beside those. Oh, what is that? A bullet? A bullet that the house surgeon removed from my shoulder. Like the bullet we found in the tree? But there was only supposed to be one bullet fired! (gasps) OMG! OMG, indeed. Therefore, two bullets were fired. What does that mean? That means that we have a dangerous task ahead of us. Not to solve a murder, but to prevent one. Of course, if Jeffrey dies, that could save the lives of literally hundreds of butterflies. Madison. Devil's advocate? Can Aaron and Katie survive the zombie apocalypse? Can their marriage survive? Check out the RomZomCom Z1. I can't believe you're gone. You were so lovely to me when you were alive. And now, it's going to feel strange about seeing your vetted, offensive, nauseating face around here. Oh, you were doing so well up until that last bit. They're back. I'm just glad you made it. Really, you don't know how much. Oh. I'm still annoyed at you, though. Oh, well, that sentiment lasted long. Yes. Both of them. I'm pregnant. Okay. I did not see that coming. Mm. Oh, uh, what I meant to say was... Yay! Okay, maybe three of them. We can deal with it. What about placental abruption, cord prolapse, eclampsia, uterine rupture? Why do all these things sound like heavy metal bands? Uterine rupture? I swear I have one of their albums. In the zombie apocalypse... Life still has to go on for the living. But don't turn your back on the dead. Get prepped for a brand new season of the Z1 podcast and catch up on seasons one and two to find out how we ever got in this mess. Oh, uh, well, when two people love each other very much, right, and they position themselves in a certain way... you at Sherlock Holmes' bedside in the hospital. You don't have to whisper. Those dogs will sleep through anything. The other night, some horses ran down an old beggar woman in the street. Dogs didn't even twitch. Oh my goodness. Right? Like, not the best guard dogs in the world. So, uh, did the picnic with Mr. and Mrs. Markham prove an exciting one? When has a picnic ever been exciting? Ugh, maybe for you. You get off on Dr. Watson telling you long-winded stories every week. Um, are they waking up? But there's nothing else to do around here. No TV, no internet, nothing but medical books. I tried reading his copy of Grey's Anatomy. 
But clearly the writers of the show took liberties with the source material. I think I saw one of the dogs open his eyes. But oh my god, the picnic. It was like a bad reality show. Or a good, bad reality show. Lots of fighting. Then, Mr. Markham totes fell in the river. Or, uh, pushed. I don't know, I didn't see it. My back was to him. I always try to position myself so the wind naturally blows my hair. Like in one of those shampoo commercials. Was, uh, was Mr. Markham all right? <laughs> oh my! Aw, look who's up. Who's the puppy? <laughs> yeah, Markham was fine. He was all freaked out, so we went back as fast as we could. I only ask because you mentioned his wife might be trying to, uh, kill him? Yeah, but come on. It was a little river in the English countryside. In California, I've seen surfers dragged out to sea. Maybe we can skip ahead. You return to the Markham home? Yeah, I thought if Jeffrey was going to be a whiny bitch about the whole thing, he should just go to bed. And Alice totally agreed. Jeffrey, dear, I do wish you'd follow Madison's advice and go to bed. For the fifth time, Alice, I will not go to bed. I'm perfectly all right, though it's no thanks to you and Dennis. What do you mean by that remark, Jeffrey? You know perfectly well what I mean. It wasn't an accident that I fell in the river. One of you two pushed me. Oh my god! Nancy Kerrigan didn't whine this much when Tonya Harding beat her knee with a metal club. Why, why, why? Shut up already! You were in the boat, Miss Standish. Didn't you see what happened? No. The wind was coming from the southeast. Oh, Jeffrey, you're talking rubbish. Well then, we'll call it an accident. An accident that happened by a curious coincidence, just where the river is deepest and the reeds thickest. You weren't gonna drown. That so-called river is tame enough to have little kids in paddle boats. Jeffrey, I don't like your tone. You can accuse me of anything you like, but if you start suggesting that Alice... If you don't like the way I talk to my wife, I suggest you don't come to my house. I'm going to get a scarf. I'm chilly. Miss Standish, I must apologize for my husband's behavior. I don't know what's come over him. Oh, come on. You two are not subtle. I get where he's coming from. Well, I wish I did. I don't mind his yelling at me. But he's being so abominably rude to you, Alice. The last couple of weeks, he's been getting worse than ever. Two cents? Maybe try not blatantly flirting with a hot younger guy in front of your husband? Oh, it's not that. He knows Dennis and I are only friends. I'm sure that's what Brad told Jennifer about Angelina. It's just been different ever since Jeffrey and I had that argument about the insurance policies. Insurance? Yes, we took out quite large policies on each other's lives recently. You didn't tell me that, Alice. It was Jeffrey's idea. And yet, when the insurance man came here, you would have thought I was forcing him into taking out the policy. Oh, girl. Okay, thanks to Johnny Dollar, I'm a licensed insurance investigator. Well, maybe licensed is a total lie, but I do have some experience in this area. Sounds as if you don't approve of insurance, Miss Standish. It just gives Alice more motive to kill her. <laughs> you know, nothing. And like Mario Lopez, I'm saved by the bell. Who could that be? I wasn't expecting anyone. Answer the door, Dennis, won't you? Oh, good day. Welcome. It sounds as if Jeffrey has well, already you, done much, so. Mr. Markham. Oh, Alice, we have a visitor. 
Good evening, Mrs. Markham. Hello, Madison. Sherlock? Well, so much for keeping a low profile in the hospital. I guess if you're the show's title character, you need to make an appearance in the second act. Well, I'm delighted to see you, Mr. Holmes. Though I understood from your friend that you would be in the hospital for several days. That's what he told me to tell you! The constitution of an ox and the obstinacy of a mule are two characteristics of mine that have combined to make it possible for my early departure from the hospital. I'll confirm that. He is an ass. How do you do, Mr. Rodney? I think I've seen you at the theatre. My name is Sherlock Holmes. How do you do, sir? You'll stay for supper, I hope. If it's not inconvenient, Mrs. Markham. Of course it isn't. I'll go in and arrange for it. I'm so glad you're here, Sherlock. I've got the motive. What do you say, Miss Standish? I'm glad to see you too, Miss Standish. Let's take a stroll out on the terrace, shall we? What? Um, it's rather warm inside this evening. Then take off your coat. I know it matches that hat of yours, but don't you think this whole look is rather on the nose for Sherlock Holmes? Do you mind if we step outside, Mr. Markham? Uh, not at all. You can go out through the French windows. Thank you so much. Come along, Madison. What's your deal, Sherlock? I've only ever been rushed out of a party when I was totally wasted. And trust me, that Sherry of Jeffrey's has less of a kick than NyQuil. You'll excuse me, but I didn't want you revealing what you've learned about the case in front of the involved parties. Well, at least this time you didn't fake a severed limb or something. While you've spent the afternoon with the Markhams, I myself have not been idle. I think our stage is set. I have a feeling that I may contribute to a rather dramatic last act curtain. Ow! Why did you punch my injured shoulder? Pain is dramatic. OMG, Alice, I can't believe this isn't real beef. This is the best vegan stew I've ever had. Oh, is that what vegan means? Your cook does wonders with tofu. Tofu? Uh, Mr. Holmes, you're not eating very much. My appetite is a trifle jaded. The mental fencing we have indulged in during the meal has been somewhat disturbing. I don't understand you. You're not alone. Seriously, how is this only vegetable stock? So good! Oh, come now, madam. I know that you were once Mrs. Dangerfield, and you know that I know it. Why keep up the pretense any longer? Very well, Mr. Holmes. But we needn't converse in lower voices. Jeffrey, Dennis, I want you to listen to this. Mr. Sherlock Holmes knows that I was once Mrs. Dangerfield. He is apparently under the impression that this is a dark secret of mine. Mr. Holmes, Jeffrey knew and loved me before I ever married Mr. Dangerfield. Of course I did, Mr. Holmes. He stood by me during the whole horrible trial after my first husband's death, and I told Dennis about the whole miserable business months ago. So I really don't see that you've uncovered any great secret. Oh man, Sherlock! Your pitch was so outside the plate, the Bat Boy had to fish it out of the dugout. How's that? Sorry, I can't put it in terms of cricket. I only know American sports. Mrs. Markham, I have a feeling that it's only a matter of moments before secrets reveal themselves. Secrets? So, Alice, you haven't got any secrets from Dennis either, eh? There's no need to shout, Jeffrey. There's no need for Dennis to be in my house. Get out, Rodney, and stay out. This business between you and Alice has gone far enough. I'll go when Alice tells me to. 
This is what it was like on the boat, Sherlock. I was ready to go full-on Robert Wagner on all three of those Natalie Woods. Jeffrey, please. We have guests. Well, if Dennis won't go, then I'm not going to sit here. I'm going upstairs. You're shaking like a leaf, sir. You've got a fever. Don't you think you'd better go to bed? Mind your own business and leave me alone. Mrs. Markham, I really think that you should persuade your husband to go upstairs and lie down. Oh, Sherlock, never get in the middle of a couple fighting. Just secretly film it on your phone and put it up on TikTok. It'll go viral. Don't worry, Mr. Holmes, I know how to handle him. I'll take him up. Put an arm around my shoulder, Jeffrey. Come along. Very well. Dude, she's going to take him up those stairs with a broken banister. What were you thinking, Sherlock? What are you suggesting, Miss Standish? Oh, like you don't know, you gigolo. Although, as an actress myself, I do commend your gold-digging efforts with Mrs. Markham. Better than supporting yourself working in food service, am I right? Shush, both of you. Come with me and watch. She's on the outside of Jeffrey. Jeffrey, be careful. Ah, ah. OMG! Jeffrey fell into her! Alice, are you all right? He totally pushed her into the railing. What the M. Night Shyamalan is going on here? Alice. Jeffrey tried to push me through the railing. That, that's a lie. No, it's not, sir. The three of us were watching you from below. Wait, the crappy banister didn't break. Clearly not made by Ikea. I can explain that, Madison. This afternoon, while you were all at your picnic, I came here with a local carpenter. You had informed me that it was the maid's day off, so I took the liberty of reinforcing that decaying woodwork. Extreme home makeover! You go, Ty Peddington! What the blazes do you think you've been up to, Holmes? Preventing murder, sir, and finding the true solution to the Dangerfield case. What do you mean, Mr. Holmes? The true solution? Surely it's obvious to you, Mrs. Markham. You have told us that your present husband loved you before... You married Mr. Dangerfield. What of it? It was he who accidentally killed your uncle so that you might inherit a fortune. And it was he who accidentally gave your first husband an overdose of arsenic. Arsenic that he obtained for the purpose of destroying butterflies. I knew he was a serial killer. Butterflies be revenged! And it was he who tried to send you to your death by pushing you through that railing. All I've been trying to do is conceal the fact that my wife was a murderess. Jeffrey, how can you say that? Markham, if you... Just a moment, Mr. Rodney. I'm not through with him yet. Ooh, both barrels, Sherlock. This is all very dramatic, Mr. Holmes, but I wonder how you're going to be able to prove it. Miss Standish, Mr. Rodney and I will testify to the attempt that you've just made on Mrs. Markham's life. And I'll testify to your butterfly murder room. I was thinking more about his attempt on my life in the woods. Oh, yeah! All those innocent rabbits! But my wife has already admitted to firing the shot. That's true, sir, but two shots were fired. The one that your wife fired we found in the tree, but the one that you fired was extracted from my shoulder in the hospital. So the two shots were fired at the same time? You remember, Madison, that I commented on the curious echo, and Mrs. Markham told us that her arm was jolted as she pulled the trigger. That was when the other rifle was fired. Two gunmen! I knew it couldn't have been just her in the book depository. 
Mr. Markham didn't want me on the scene when he staged his latest accident, and so he tried to kill me. What kind of a devil have I been living with all these years? I think I'm going to kill you, Markham. Don't come near me. Keep away from me. Save it for the law courts, Mr. Rodney. British justice may be slow, as indeed it was in the Dangerfield case, but in the long run, it surely will find Mr. Markham on the gallows. Uh, he's a rich white dude. In America, he wouldn't even go to jail. He'd become a correspondent for Fox News. Well, tell me, Madison, did Mr. Markham finally end up on the gallows? Ooh, got yourself a morbid side. I like that. Although it's a bit weakened by the fact that you're standing on a chair. <laughs> Do you think he's done chewing my pocket watch? You want to take it away from him? <laughs> to answer your ghoulish question, yes, they old school hanged Markham. And OMG, I got to go to Alice and Dennis's wedding. One last chance to wear my Elizabethan gown. Oh, it was a themed wedding? No. Well, that was an exciting story. Thank you for sharing. I really must be going. Don't you want to hear about next week's story? Dr. Watson wrote down what he wanted me to say. Actually, I'm, uh, I'm rather late for another engagement. Why don't you give me that paper and I'll read it on my ride home. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I've practiced this one, too. Next week's recipe. Take the spice of North Africa. I simply must be going. Good night. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. Training you to growl and bark at that dude was time well spent. Who wants a cookie? The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes continued the on-screen pairing of Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, who appeared in 14 Sherlock Holmes films from 1939 through 1946. Some fun facts about Basil Rathbone. He was born in 1892, so he was alive when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was still writing many of the Holmes stories. And, relating to our episode, Basil Rathbone was a trained Shakespearean actor who actually appeared on stage in a Shakespeare festival in Stratford-upon-Avon. And although he died in 1967, his last appearance as Sherlock Holmes came nearly 20 years after his death when Disney released The Great Mouse Detective using archival sound of Mr. Rathbone's voice. Hey everybody, it's Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want some free swag? I'll send you a Madison on the Air logo sticker when you sign up for my free e-newsletter. Sneak peeks, my exclusive behind-the-scenes blog, and all sorts of not-found-anywhere-else Madison stuff. Sign up on my website, madisonontheair.com. Oh, and we are in the middle of a campaign to get Ryan Reynolds on my show. When you're on Twitter, be sure to tag at VanCityReynolds with hashtag RyanOnMadison to let him know you want him on my show. Thank you, guys. You are amazing. Okay, announcer dude, roll the credits. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Albert Gardica appeared as Sherlock Holmes. 
Other actors in the cast were Kareem Confley as Jeffrey Markham, Laura Christine Elliott as Alice Markham, Jerry Kokich as Dennis Rodney, and David Pinion as the announcer. <laughs> 